0: with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiki and Zach Razudo Welcome back to the show. We missed the show yesterday, uh, so we're going to be jam-packing all four positions, quarterback, running back, wide receivers, and tight ends, all in this episode to get you ready for week eight. Interesting game last night between the Bills and the Bucks. This was the Dalton Kincaid breakout game. All right. What's interesting is that, you know, the bucks played some really good tight ends this year and they held them to modest gains, uh, not Kincaid five catches for 65 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. He was tackled short uh, from getting another touchdown early on in the game. Uh, and this is the upside that we were hoping for, you know, with Kincaid, this is why there was hot, that hype early on. We talked about it all during the offseason. season. Yeah. Um, This can be the start of another every week rookie tight end one, right? We already have one, right? Uh, And now it was Sam Laporta. And now we could be seeing another 85% rap participation in this game. Elite stuff.
1: Yeah. And and you gotta think, this could have been a bigger game for him if Gabe Davis didn't just pull 11 targets out of his ass. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like I don't know where that came from. Stefan Diggs' manager is probably in shambles right now because Khalil Shakir had his big game and Like I mentioned, Gabe Davis got that high target share. You mentioned that route participation for uh, Dalton Kincaid, 85% snap share, too. He hit those important benchmarks for utilization here, and he had the top-notch production to go with it. Usually, I mean, we usually see sometimes we have rookie tight ends come in. They have that high utilization, but it takes a while to get that production moving up with it. This is two straight weeks now where Dalton Kincaid has had very good performances back-to-back. We figured it would be difficult for Kincaid to break out with Dawson Knox taking snaps. But if Kincaid keeps playing like this, like, is there really any reason for Buffalo to turn back over to Knox when he comes back? Obviously, it's just speculation. But for right now, yeah, I agree. It looks like we have an every week tight end one on our hands potentially moving forward, especially in this offense.
0: I think it was going to happen eventually for Kincaid for him to like kind of take over at some point. But I think this is right. just going to speed it up, right? And if he continues yeah. to get it done, we're going to see this potentially, you know, continue even when uh, Dawson Knox is back from his wrist injury. Uh, Stefan Diggs, you mentioned, you know, he had a solid game, nothing too crazy. He had a lot of catches. So in PPR leagues, he came through for the most part. Uh, Gabe Davis came through big time. Okay. Uh, Khalil Shakir also had his best game as a pro, six catches on six targets for 92 yards. Shakir's rap participation jumped 43%, jumped to 43% in week seven, then went all the way up to 72%, you know, on Thursday night. As their primary slot receiver, this probably also has something to do with Dawson Knox's injury. You know, instead of those two tight end sets that they were running a lot of, now a lot more eleven personnel, uh, which means three wide receiver sets, which is allowing Shakir to be on the field out of the slot. Uh, he's looks like he's taking that role from Deontay Hardy, who had that role initially early on in the year. So, because Shakir is someone to keep, uh, you know, keep your mind on when it comes to waivers for next week. I'm not spending a whole lot, but you know, definitely someone that should be added for the most part. Um, Rashad white is averaging only 11 carries over his last two games, but boy, is he coming through in the receiving game? Seven catches on seven targets last night for 70 yards. The week prior, six catches on on six targets for 65 yards. This is the Rashad White that we've been waiting for, right? Before the season, we talked about it. You know, this dude has the potential to be an elite receiver out of the backfield. That's exactly what he's shown over these past two weeks. This is how he needs to be used. Again, we talked about it. Not the best runner, but a potentially elite receiver. Keep using him like this. He came through the last two weeks. He was only second behind Christian McCaffrey in route participation coming into this game, right? And that was that's followed by Bijan, Kyron Williams, Travis Etienne. That's according to fantasylife.com utilizations report. You can go check them out. Um, but and Tony Pollard as well, like right there when it comes to route participation. So these targets had to be coming at some point. I was surprised that they they weren't there, you know, given how many routes he was running. But it seems like there has been a little bit of a, a little bit of a correction there. You know, hopefully
1: yeah,
0: it, hopefully this is
1: something that continues. With Baker Mayfield at quarterback, I'd say it can. Remember, we talked about it last year. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, he's dumping the ball off to his running backs at one of the highest rates. And this is just continuing that, you know, narrative with Baker Mayfield. And that's just going to benefit Rashad White. He's now had two weeks in a row where he's had six targets. Last night he looked really good. He had a couple of big plays go for 20 yards, 20 or more yards, that kind of thing uh he's a fancy rb too you know that's he, it, that kind of production is going to get it done for you we obviously like you mentioned weren't expecting the world but we saw that he could have that receiving upside that would make him fancy relevant and that's what he's been able to do these past two weeks you've seen what happens when he doesn't have that receiving upside he's not efficient in the run game at all you can't really count on him to get it done on the ground but when he has these games here as long as the buccaneers keep playing like they're playing they're playing close or at least they're competitive in the games where they're not too far out of it where they just stop trying all together but they're close enough that they can keep throwing the ball checking it down the white as long as that keeps happening like turning in 15 16 17 point performances i'm going to take that every single day of the week like you can't ignore the fact that he's been beyond inefficient in the ground game and that's going to make him not necessarily a safe option for you but putting him in at your RB2 there's a chance you're going to have that upside of 6 7 catches in a game and that's all you can ask for so I think what we're seeing from here is what we'd like to see ideally the rest of the season. And I think it definitely can happen. Uh, we saw it last night and like that trend should continue. We saw it just once in week two before this one, He's at, he had a couple quiet games. Just keep putting him in your lineup. He's going to continue to get those targets.
0: The usage for James Cook got a little better. He didn't see the targets, but 61% wrap participation is way better than the 47% and 43% he's been seeing the last two weeks with Latavius Murray sharing that role. The snacks, The snaps also. I was going to say the snacks. snacks love love snacks you you know why i'm saying talking about snacks because i'm hungry hungry so i you know listen man intermittent fasting i i think i'm done dude i can't do it anymore okay (laughs) it's too much like i'm just gonna like eat breakfast how's that sound you're not eating breakfast it's the most important meal breakfast nah you should be eating breakfast like, should i i don't know maybe you, you know and that's part of the reason why i haven't been working out in the mornings like i've been working on the afternoons because one of the reasons why i haven't worked out in the mornings no one wants to hear about this by the way but it's because i can't get that meal in right afterwards you know what i'm saying to like recharge myself but um anyway yeah. who wants to hear about this i don't know anyway back to james cook like i don't know if this is gonna stick like his utilization keeps like bouncing like a yo-yo like it goes up and down like who knows man with james right. cook so it's like he's gonna kind of hover around that like low end rb2 range um but it's like it's going to be random like whenever he produces um but i feel like we've like talked james cook to death at this point it, but is it's like he's just a volatile low end rb2 and that's yeah. it but let's let's see if yeah. he sticks i don't know
1: i I, I hope he can we know in an ideal world what type of workload he should be getting he should be getting plenty of targets he should be getting like the Rashad White type workload and he, he's just not getting that right. for some reason they're mixing in Latavius Murray it makes no sense so i, I think james cook you hit it on the head He's a boom-bust, pretty much, low-end RB2. And that boom isn't going to be very high. It's going to be relatively limited. So I'm not super psyched about having him in my lineup. If he's my flex, I'm okay with that. You know, I don't have a problem playing him in flex. I think that he's going to give you that flex production you have that you want every single week. But as an RB2, I think that there's a ceiling that he doesn't have that you really would like to chase with him, especially with the workload that he's been getting. Agreed. Agreed.
0: That's a good way to say He just doesn't have that ceiling. All right. Moving on to quarterbacks this week, you know the guys you're starting, okay, for the most part. By the way, our full rankings are up at UpperHandFantasy.com. Uh, my rankings, Zach's rankings, Tyler's rankings, like separately, individually. And then we also have a consensus rankings as well where it kind of like puts them all together to kind of get you an idea of how we're feeling overall. Um, but you'll see that, you know, while we're doing this this episode, you'll see that me and Zach are, are – Pretty far apart in a lot of players this week. Um, but yeah. positional rankings, flex rankings, dynasty rankings, rest of season rankings, all of it, fantasy.com. You can go check that out there. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, they have two of the best matchups this week against Washington and Arizona, respectively. Uh, we could see two big games out of those guys. Patrick Mahomes is in Denver this week. He couldn't put up big numbers against them at home on Thursday night a few weeks ago. Um, I'd imagine he'll, he'll do a little bit more you know, after a full week of prep you know, for them. Um, right. going down our rankings a little bit. I think there are a lot of questions around Joe Burrow and how we handle him at this point. I think this is the point we've been waiting for, right after the buy. I'd assume he's the best he's going to be in terms of health. This offense badly needed this buy, right? T. Higgins is healthy. I think we have to start, you know, putting, you know, being somewhat confident in Joe Burrow, you know, and be able to put him in our lineups at this point, you know. Now this isn't the best matchup in the world, but I think he can get it done. Like I have him at six, and you know, I know. We want to see that, you know, from Joe Burrow first before we, like, really trust him. Well, this is Joe Burrow. Last year, you would never sit Joe Burrow, right? He wouldn't be on your bench, right? His receivers have good matchups. The 49ers have given up the 10th most uh, receiving yards to wide receivers this year. Uh, I think we insert him into our lineups. I don't know why insert. Like, insert doesn't sound like a, a really, like, you know, family-friendly word. You know what I'm saying? This is a family-friendly <laughs> podcast. What are you, what are you um, suggesting there for us? <laughs> I, 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 all I'm saying is that we insert him into our lineups, okay, and we just let yeah. it rock, okay? They're tied for the seventh most receiving touchdowns given up also, okay, the the 49ers are. So I, the strength of the Bengals' offense is kind of where the weaknesses for the 49ers' defense is, right, if that makes sense. So I think right. Joe can't come through in this one.
1: Yeah, and he also. I'm also considering the fact that the 49ers, not only have they not looked really good the past couple of weeks, but they're They're also going to have Sam Darnold start, starting a quarterback. And I don't want to just take away from the fact this is Kyle Shanahan's offense. They're still probably going to be able to make it work. But I don't think that the Bengals are going to have any problem winning this game pretty comfortably. You look at what Joe Burrow has done the past two weeks, that he's looked more like himself. Obviously, like you mentioned also, coming off that bye, I just don't see a situation where the Bengals like just fizzle out at this point because the momentum was already riding with them going into this one and now the 49ers are on not not necessarily on paper but what we've seen from the past two weeks tells me that you can get it done against the 49ers defense and jamar chase t higgins like you mentioned is going to be back i think joe Burrow should be back to form it also comes down to the other players that are kind of sitting around that same range with him. just look like cj stroud trevor lawrence i I like cj stroud but trevor lawrence has been really quiet there's no upside there right now with trevor lawrence the way that he's been scoring he's been super consistent but he's a consistent qb2 and then outside that the drop-off is pretty stark you have Kirk cousins dak prescott jordan love you know these guys that you're not so sure of on a week-to-week basis obviously Kirk cousins has been a little bit better but he's been quiet these past couple weeks but it's maybe not so much joe burrow telling us that he's going to have a good game here as it is just like I'm looking at also when I was doing the rankings like the competition just isn't that good after him It is a pretty steep drop off after these eight nine ten quarterbacks at the top we're just like I don't really know who else I would really trust you know who I could reasonably say he's going to have a bigger game than Joe Burrow so that's that's kind of my rationale I have him at eight and obviously the consensus has him at eight too you have him at six I don't have a problem with him at six I just think that Joe Burrow uh, guys ahead of him Jared Goff looks pretty good yeah
0: and cj stroud you know he's also coming off the bye you know going into carolina wow. i like him a lot this week you know both jared goff and tua threw three touchdowns apiece right before carolina's bye. okay he has tank dell coming back to help him out both him and nico collins have great matchups okay these are two well-rested teams I, this matchup is kind of interesting to me there's a, there's a couple of storylines in this matchup and we'll talk about it in a little bit especially the running backs running back situation right. Um, Are you looking at C.J. Stroud as an every-week starter?
1: At this point, I feel like he can be. It depends on who you drafted, obviously, at the top. You probably didn't draft C.J. Stroud as your QB1. You probably took him as a QB2 potential upside. But I think you yeah. can't really knock him for that fact. I think that he's worth starting as a QB1 every week, especially if you have a guy, like I just mentioned, Trevor Lawrence sitting there. Uh, the, you, you have the top five guys at the top that you're definitely starting. But outside of that... Would I consider C.J. Stroud over Jared Goff? Maybe. I, I don't think that's too far out there to say that. I don't think it would be too far out there to say that C.J. Stroud wouldn't be considered against Joe Burrow, like you just mentioned. Now, obviously, Joe Burrow has a good matchup, a decent matchup, I should say. But C.J. Stroud, he's done more than enough to tell you that he's going to be a quality fantasy starter moving forward. He's obviously not a Russian quarterback, but he's going to be able to get it done through the air, and he's, be, he's been able to create some good connections with the weapons that he has, Tank Dell, Nico Collins. So I, I'm all in. I like C.J. Stroud moving forward, I think he's going to be probably sitting around this low QB one range, high QB two range the rest of the season. And he's been super consistent too. He scored at least 10 points every game. So you're not going to go wrong putting him in your lineup.
0: Yeah. And over the last, uh, over the last, I would say, so if you take out week one, his first week as an NFL starter, he was right. a top 10 quarterback, uh, for the remainder of that period. If that makes sense. It doesn't. Cause right. I don't know how to talk. Um, <clears throat> our, our producer, Mike just, uh, just send a message in our little group chat here saying that you, you need breakfast. Breakfast is a a very very important part, a very important meal of the day, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I yeah. I am on board with like team no breakfast. I don't think it's necessary. Okay, you also waste like a little bit of time in the morning when you got shit to do, like to make breakfast, eat breakfast, you know, get a ramp back into whatever you were doing.
1: I don't know. Okay, you know, I but, I like to like did-
0: use that time more productively.
1: Yeah, when we discuss breakfast, does a banana count? Because that's like what I do. You know, I just grab a banana. I don't know if that counts as like a full breakfast. It's just something to eat. I
0: think banana. I think banana counts, man. I think it does. I think it does.
1: All right, <clears throat> cool. So then I eat breakfast every day. Yep, we're good. Uh, I'm team breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think uh, Sam Howell. You
0: were just talking about rushing quarterbacks. I think he has that potential to potentially, you know, he has the potential to potentially do it. Yeah. I think I think he has a lot of upside this week against Philly um if that's what you're looking for I think Howell is the quarterback play for you if you're looking for that like low end Qb1 high- end Qb2 who could potentially get that done uh I have him at 11 well above Zach and Tyler this week he'll probably get sacked like 10 times in this game uh but he's had a couple of tough matchups uh recently uh, you know in Atlanta you know he threw three touchdowns against Atlanta tough matchup okay he, he played the Giants last week tough matchup he threw for 290 yards in a touchdown uh, and also had 40 yards rushing against Philly the last time they played. That was in Philly. He's at home this week, and Philly's given up the 11th most fantasy points to the position. Um, uh, I'm feeling a little rushing touchdown coming from Howell this week, potentially one of these weeks. He hasn't had one since, you know, early on in the season. I think that's coming.
1: Yeah, it's got to <laughs> happen. And I think, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to ask you
0: if you think Howell has the type of upside that I'm talking about here. You know, he's a lot lower in your in your rankings, but so I'm just curious to know if like you think that if you're looking for the upside, is he the play?
1: Yeah, is it that much lower to have him at 15? I don't know. I think what I'm seeing you have you ranked Sam Howell. You have him at 11. I think. Yeah, you have him at 11. Yeah, I do. And I have him at 15. I think you ranked him for the upside that he has, and I ranked him for the you know maybe he has that upside, but maybe he also doesn't have that upside because he's dropping back at the highest rate of any quarterback in the league and that definitely has something to do with the fact that he's getting sacked so many times that the fact that he's getting sacked so many times has to do with the fact that he's dropping back at the highest rate in the nfl but what i'm seeing is the passing production has been there you know you mentioned those yardage totals going out there he's thrown for all these yards he's has has passing touchdowns too and outside of that one dud against the bills in week three like he's been a very good fantasy quarterback um I'm happy starting him. I think he's definitely an upside start. If you had to pick between Sam Howell and Trevor Lawrence, like if you're at a spot where you need to, you know, make a decision here, it's like, okay, we got to shoot for upside. You're let's see. What are the records right now? We played seven games. You're two and five, three and four. You're thinking, all right, we need to win some games. Maybe you've been riding with Trevor Lawrence. He's only been putting up 12 or 13 points for you. 15 some points. I think Sam Howell is definitely in consideration there. So I see where you're coming from with the upside. He has that upside 100%, but I'm just kind of tempering my expectations here a little bit. If he's getting sacked at such a high rate, we could see another game like we saw against the Bills because the Eagles come after the passer. They're sacking the quarterback a lot too. So I'm interested to see how that matchup goes. It went well last time, but I don't think that there's anything that would tell you that he doesn't have the type of upside that you're talking about. And that rushing touchdown, it has to come at some point. Like I feel like they're still underutilizing his legs at this point. That's just me. I agree. Because we've seen what he's been able to do.
0: We'll see. It's, this is yet another season where we're waiting for Ron Rivera to get fired, right? And yet another <laughs> season. We're here already. We, it's like the third before, season in yeah. a row. It's like, <laughs> is he going to fire or what? What's going to happen? Um. But yeah, I do have him ranked above Trevor Lawrence this week because I, Trevor Lawrence just hasn't shown the upside that we'd like at the quarterback position. You know, like it just doesn't do it for us. You're starting him every week. I don't know if he's giving you an advantage at all. You know, if anything, no. he's giving you a disadvantage. So, I'm personally going Howell, you know, with the upside that he gets you, you know, 20, 25 points, you know, so that's me. Um, Let's see. Uh, Before we move on to running backs, if you can, if you guys can do us a huge favor and subscribe or follow us on your podcast app, that would mean the world to us. It would help us out a ton. Uh, And if you really, really want to help a five-star review on your podcast app would be amazing. Okay. So thank you for that. Moving on. Let's move on to these running backs. We all have Alvin Kamara as a top four running back this week. Uh, Zach, you have him at two. I personally have him at four. It seems like you're expecting these crazy target numbers to continue.
1: Yeah, 100%. And just, you have to look at his utilization, and it's just, it just screams off the page. I didn't think that he was going to come back and have this type of role because we saw that the Saints backfield was a little bit crowded. We knew, we knew Kendra Miller might be part of the – equation here jamal williams is supposed to come back and have some sort of role but it doesn't matter if jamal williams is getting carries as long as alvin kamara is getting this ridiculous target share he's being used as a wide receiver at this point and <laughs> that's all you can ask for that's going to give you a huge advantage against other running backs and the fact that i have met too you might be surprised that some people have austin eckler over him i haven't seen enough from austin eckler to tell me that he's going to be worth ranking over alvin kamara right now look at the workloads they've gotten look at the production they've put up austin eckler has I think he has like 16 points over the past two games. He's just not getting it done for you very much after that big game in week one. And I think that you look at what Alvin Kamara is doing, and that's something that nobody but Christian McCaffrey, nobody else but Christian McCaffrey is doing at this point. Alvin Kamara, his expected fantasy points per game is just way up there. And it's not just the expected fantasy points per game that he's coming through on. He's actually producing at a high level too. He's scoring those points. We put out that post the other week. Yeah, I think I think it was a week ago. He just has these huge numbers. So Alvin Kamara, I think you look at what he's done, all of the utilization that he's getting, the production is matching it. He's got a pretty all right, a pretty all right matchup against Indianapolis this week. You can't go wrong with him uh, this week in your lineup. So I think putting him at two makes sense. I don't think that's too much of a stretch. I'm a big fan of Alvin Kamara, what he's done. And I don't think it's going to change. Even though Jamal Williams is getting healthier, I'm not worried about it because of the way the Al- Alvin Kamara has been producing
0: yeah no totally i mean i i do like eckler more than him you know going up against chicago at home i think this is a get right spot for him i don't think he's gonna get the type of utilization that he's got recently you know coming back from that injury listen like last week you know eckler only had two targets caught one of them right i I don't expect that type of you know utilization moving forward um i do expect him to get his five six seven targets that we're used to seeing um now there are 36 running backs who's had at least 50 carries this season. Uh, Kamara ranks second last in yards after contact and ranks fifth last in missed tackles force per attempt. Okay. But, hey, the name of the game is volume, and he's getting that volume, and he's being peppered in the receiving game. The Colts are top 10 in giving up the most yards per reception to running backs as well. Okay. So right. he's lined up for another great game. Will we see Jamal Williams working on early downs? Maybe, especially given how bad Kamara's been from an efficiency standpoint in the run game. Dennis Allen did say that he was on a pitch count last week, but until that happens, all the volume is Kamara's right now, and that's really all that matters. Moving into right. moving into week eight,
1: I, I think it's 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 worth noting that he did throw out those rushing stats, but. I'm not concerned about the rushing stats with Alvin Kamara. That's just like the icing on top. You know what I'm saying? For the receiving production, the main course for Alvin Kamara comes in that receiving game. He's getting those targets. If he's catching seven, eight passes a game, he's going to have to have 30 or 40 yards minimum with that. That's giving you a nice floor. Anything that he gets in the rushing game, I don't care if he's averaging three yards a carry. If he gets a couple more carries on top of that, I'm perfectly fine with that. This is like Rashad White (laughs) 2.0 at this point. Yeah, yeah. I I personally don't expect... Camara to continue
0: to catch seven, eight balls a game. Like I'm expecting this to normalize a little bit, four or five catches at some point. Um, you know, once that target share for like Chris Olave matches up a little bit, that's, and we'll get to Chris Olave in a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just saying, enjoy it while last. Um, This is a similar situation to Kyron Williams, right? Kyron Williams, also extremely inefficient, but the volume on a good offense, touchdowns, right? It's like, who cares, right? He's like a top right. 10 running back, no matter what, fantasy running back regardless, despite him being inefficient on the ground. Similar situation with Kamara, except he's getting the more high value uh, fantasy you know fantasy uh, opportunity, which is a shit ton of targets right now. Um, I have Raheem Moser at five, Zach. You have him all the way down at 10. Uh, the Dolphins are at home. He absolutely went off against the Patriots the last time they faced off. Uh, he's coming off a tough matchup against Philly, uh, but he's had top three, top five finishes this year. And, and this Miami run game is probably the best in the league. H- help me understand why you have him so low.
1: All right. So, Raheem Mostert, he's he's great. You know, obviously, he's had these big games. He's had a couple of down games, too. Last week, one of them was against Philly. I'm looking at Jeff Wilson potentially having a higher role, a, a larger role, I should say, in this one. I'm not saying it's going to take. All of it, he's going to take a significant amount, but there's going to be enough, I think, that Raheem Mostert sees a little bit less work. Now, we know that Raheem, uh, not Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson wasn't 100% last week. He did come back, but he wasn't 100%. I think that he could be incorporated into the backfield a little bit more, and I don't want to bet against what the, the Dolphins have been able to do in the passing game. In, la- in the last game against the Patriots, it wasn't necessarily on par. On par, It wasn't really doing what they usually, what we usually see them do, I think you look at what the Dolphins have done on offense, and you have to say that it it tends to tip one way or the other. I think that we saw them do good things in a run game against the Patriots last week. I think that this week we could see them do it in the passing game against the Patriots. So I'm not tempering expectations too much with Raheem Mostert, but I do think that having him at five is a little bit much. I think he's
0: like as must-start as you can get. At the running back position, uh, because of the type of well, thing he, don't that he start presents. Him. <laughs> no, no, no. But like having him at 10 it doesn't scream must start to me. Like, you have to have him in your lineup. Obviously, you're gonna start all your RB once for sure. Yeah, right. But um, for, for me, it's like the type of upside that he presents. Like, there's not that many running backs outside over him, especially with Devon Aching still banged up. You know, Patriots aren't that great against the run. This is just screams like, you know, just have to have, him, have to have him in your lineup, you know, type of running back, you know, for me. Um, another guy that I have to have him lineups moving forward is Breeze Hall, DeAndre Swift. They're both in our top 10 this week. Uh, Jameer Gibbs also in our top 10, fourth highest expected fantasy points based on his opportunity last week. Uh, I've been getting a lot of Gibbs questions like he's a must start, right? Get him in your lineup. Right? The Raiders yeah. have been giving up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs. Their bottom 10 in yards per carry given up to running backs. Uh, they give up, on average, a rushing touchdown, um, a one rushing touchdown to running backs per game. Okay. So get them in your lineup. Um, you know, the, the amount of opportunity that he saw in the receiving game last week, that's exactly what you want to see. Hopefully, we see something very similar this week.
1: Yeah, I'm with him this one. And you mentioned that rushing touchdown stat. That's exactly what you you want to hear for a running back that just scored his first rushing touchdown last week. And I think that the game script is going to be a lot better in this game for Jameer Gibbs than it was against the Ravens last week when they were just playing from behind completely. So maybe he does lose some of those targets that he was getting, but it still looks like it's going to be the Jameer Gibbs show. And there's nothing you can really take away from him from a talent perspective that tells you if he gets that same type of volume, you know, he's going to have the same type of week that he had. It could even be better. I also like the matchup a lot. I think that Jameer Gibbs, he's he's still being underutilized. And we've been saying this the whole time. That's our gripe this whole season, that he's not getting the type of workload that he should be getting. I think we could see that rushing workload this week that's going to really just demonstrate that he is the guy they drafted and that they should be using him more, even once David Montgomery comes back.
0: Keep an eye on Kenneth Walker. Uh, two mispractices now. Okay, his Friday's practice status will tell us a lot uh I'd be prepared to not have him this week potentially just in case you got to be prepared for that okay Zach Charbonnet did get a full practice in so I I'd be starting him uh in Walker's place if he were to miss as a RB2 even with the tough matchup against Cleveland okay if Walker ends up playing uh you know fire him up as you normally would but I do have him outside my top 10 because of the tough matchup and also you know low key because of the fact that you know there are no teams on bye this week okay so like right. it's, you know you're not going to see these typical guys in your top 10 like you normally would um yeah, I, I think
1: i think if the matchup were a little bit better he would be inside that top 10 he might even be like a top i think eight, so you know what i'm saying but the matchup yeah. just isn't that good we haven't seen a lot of teams really play well against the browns defense except for the colts last week of all teams <laughs> right the colts with Gardner right. Minshew michio quarterback do that but yeah and he also mentioned it sure is nice having no bye weeks this week like it just feels like we've been getting reamed since they started like everybody's on bye now Nobody on by. It's a nice little break in between. It's like the eye of the storm because they're going to be back next week.
0: This is a family show, Zach.
1: This is a family show. (laughs)
0: Um, Got to start Isaiah Pacheco against Denver. Uh, That's obvious. Brian Robinson. I'm sorry. Bijan Robinson, please. Sorry. I'm so sorry, Bijan. Didn't mean to do that to you. Uh, Bijan Robinson. (laughs) Fire him up as a high-end RB2 this week in a tough matchup. The headache seems to be gone. This is a tough matchup, but hopefully he'll be used to turn the receiving game. That's where his bread and butter is. Josh Jacobs also has a tough matchup this week. You know, inefficient plus a tough matchup in Detroit. Don't love him this week, but he's getting so much volume that he's a little bit hard to bench. I have him at sixteen this week. You know, it's kind of like eating your vegetables, right?
1: Yeah. So we we, we have um, vegetables. Do you have <laughs> vegetables with breakfast? I don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> Maybe do. I have... do.
0: Sometimes I put spinach in my in my omelet. You know.
1: Yeah. Maybe the day now, after. I, I will say, Josh Jacobs. That's when you have your vegetables.
0: I will say like, you know, for my first meal of the day, like if I do have it, like, like right now it's, it's noon. We'll probably finish this episode by like 1230 ish. You know, a lot of times my first meal does consist of breakfast foods. Like I'll make like a four egg omelet, you know, and I'll put some spinach yeah. in there. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah, sometimes I do sprinkle in some, you know, maybe I'll put some, 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 some peppers, you know? So right. yeah.
1: Yeah. Some Josh Jacobs. Have some vegetables. Gotcha.
0: some Josh Jacobs. <laughs> Uh, I want to highlight Ramondre Stevenson for a sec. I have him at eighteen. I think this is a good matchup for him. You know, especially what could be a negative game script. The Dolphins are favored by nine and a half points. Uh, Zeke did end up getting more carries than Stevenson last week, but they were rotating drives, so Zeke just ended up having more than him. But you know, r- rotating drives can be viewed as a negative thing and probably should. But the good thing is that Ramondre c- has run a route on fifty nine percent and 55% of routes over the last two weeks. Uh, Zeke was down at 30 and 12% the last two weeks. So that's that's good news for Ramondre, on top of the fact that he's getting target shares of 20 and 21% the last two weeks. That's what you want to see. Uh, that's where he, he's going to bring his fantasy value. Let's hope that continues. You know, Let's hope he continues to be used in the receiving game. It seems like him and Rashad White can potentially keep their fantasy value afloat with this type of usage in the receiving game.
1: Yeah, and that makes sense. I think the other thing that could help, I don't think Zeke is gonna keep scoring these goal line touchdowns. Like I think at some point they're gonna to have to turn over to Ramondre Stevenson in those situations. Zeke has more inside the five attempts, according to fantasy life, you know, over the past couple of weeks, he's out snapping Ramondre Stevenson three to one over the past two weeks. And before that, he, Ramondre Stevenson only had one game before that where they had you, you, just, goal just line to just around. to
0: clarify, just to clarify, he's outsnapping
1: him at the goal line, you mean? right? Not yes. Goal overall. Line. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Not overall at the goal line. Yeah. He's three to one at the goal line over the past two weeks. And then, and the five games before these past two weeks for the Patriots, Ramondre Stevenson only had one game with an inside the five attempt. And he had all, he had, it was just one because the Patriots offense up to that point was just abysmal. So <laughs> they didn't really have any goal line attempts to go around. So I think that there's, you can still hold out on Ramondre Stevenson, maybe getting some of those points, even if it's not, Even if he's not scoring touchdowns, he could have those opportunities come up too. And if they add that into his workload on top of the receiving work, like you just mentioned, like there's still time for Ramondre Stevenson to turn things around. He hasn't done, he hasn't been exactly what we want him to be this season so far, but he he has that potential. I, it's, it just blows me away. I don't know why Zeke is still getting these carries. Like it's great. I like seeing him score just because, you know, Cowboys fan of me, but. He shouldn't be getting those touches. He shouldn't be getting first cracks, at least at the goal line touches over Ramondre Stevenson. It should be Ramondre Stevenson, then Zeke on like third down if they really need to punch it in.
0: Kareem Hunt, uh, he's going to get some extra opportunity this week with Jerome Ford out. By the way, Jerome Ford came back to practice today. Okay. Yeah. Probably still going to be out this week but that's good news for jerome ford and kind of goes along with what you were talking about on wednesday's buy sell show zach right you were talking about selling zeke i'm sorry selling kareem hunt here right, right. it's funny how Which i put these like running back we old, about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly um you know I- i'm looking at my rankings here i have kareem hunt a little bit too high i think uh you have him down at 24 I'm now realizing that the Seahawks are allowing the lowest yards per carry to running backs this year. So this is a tough matchup. Uh, You know, the Browns' strength on offense is their run game and their defense, So, and they got two wins without Deshaun Watson, right? So, like, the the game script's likely going to be there. The Seahawks are only favored by three and a half points at home. So I think the volume can still be there for this run game. Now, Hunt hasn't practiced in full yet this week as of Friday morning, right? So we'll see if he gets that full practice today. If not, you know, we should expect Pierre Strong to be, you know, pretty involved, right? And I'm going to move him down a few spots, actually, you know, after the show. Uh, But if he doesn't get a full practice on Friday, I might have to move him down a little more.
1: Yeah, and that's just the combination of factors going into this game is what has me just leery of starting Kareem Hunt. I don't want to say that you shouldn't, but you look at it. The good things and the things that are working in your favor is that Jerome Ford might not play. And I'm still going to go ahead and assume he doesn't. I know you just mentioned that report. I'm still going to assume he doesn't. Yeah. For, so I don't For think he won't play. He'll but, have a.
0: am okay, sorry to cut you off here. But the, you but the thing here is that the interesting note is that if he's practicing already, like, what, do you really have a, like a legit high ankle sprain? You know what I'm saying? Like, it seems yeah. like this might not have been. You know, we're talking about, I I said on Wednesday's show, like there's no such thing as a mild high ankle sprain. And, you know, usually these guys are out for three to four weeks. But if he's already coming back to practice, then there's a chance that he's back next week. And this might not even have been a true high ankle sprain.
1: Yeah, this whole situation is fluid. It's probably There's a chance it changes. But I'm going to operate off the assumption that Jerome Ford doesn't play. And I have him at 24. I'm going to say it because he has that workload working for him. But you also mentioned a tough matchup. And also the game script, the way that the Browns are going to have to rely on the run game, like they're not going to want to put the ball in PJ Walker's hands again, over and over and over. So I think that Kareem Hunt, his workload's locked in. He's not efficient though. You know, so if he's going to be getting the workload, but he's not efficient, I think that's borderline RB2, maybe RB3. And I, I just, I'm just i just not that big a fan of what Kareem Hunt has to offer right now. He's also hyper-efficient in the touchdown department over the past two weeks. He has three touchdowns. Not a whole lot of yardage to go with it. So if the Browns offense finally does kind of crash and burn, they've been standing on those legs a little bit. They're a little shaky of the run game. If that comes down, we might not see a big game from Kareem Hunt again. And that's why I was calling the sell earlier this week. I have him at 24 right now. It's a very wobbly situation. Our sponsor for this episode is
0: Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets, and it gets confusing. But not anymore, not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place. And not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you will look through all of your apps one by one to see what, which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side by side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision and you're good to go. Okay. Go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B E T T O R Vision in the App Store today. I have Daryl Henderson at twenty one. Zach and Tyler don't agree at all. Um, they have him outside their top thirty. Um, I, I just think there's going to be points in this game. Um, this is a good offense. You know Henderson will likely be their goal line guy. On top of him, on top of him leading the backfield, he was one of my sales on Wednesday, and I think you should still sell him. But I, I think yeah. he's a back end RB two this week and I will be assuming that he gets elevated once again from the practice squad on Saturday. Of course, if you plan on starting him, make sure that he's activated on Saturday. Okay. That's a very <laughs> important note. That's not that's not guaranteed. I think it's gonna happen, but it's not guaranteed. Okay. Um and, and you know they can activate a player off the practice squad three times before they sign him to the 53 man roster if they want him to play. And I'm assuming they will um before yeah. they have to sign him to a contract. So just just wondering here, Zach, like outside the top thirty you know, for, you know, a running back who's probably the starter and the main goal line back for a good offense. Is this a product of this Dallas defense?
1: Yeah, it is. And it has a lot to do with it. And this is just from what I've seen so far from the Cowboys defense. They either have a great game against running backs or they have a not so good game against running backs, but they've shut down guys like Brees Hall. They've shut down Austin Eckler. Obviously he wasn't fully healthy but it's a tough matchup for the rams and i think that the bread and butter for the rams is the passing game if they have to lean on that that's where dallas should be attacked they have the young guy at corner deron bland so they can attack him with either cooper cup or puka nakua i think it's going to be a passing day for the rams and they also look at the cowboys they're only allowing 17 points to running backs that's one two three four five seventh according to fancy life they have their defense versus position you can check that out but that's seventh Fewest fancy points for running backs right now, the Cowboys are allowing. So I think that the game script, if it is high scoring, do you think it's gonna be a lot of Daryl Henderson or do you think it's gonna be a lot of Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua? That's where my reservation comes from with Daryl Henderson. Now, could he punch in a goal line touchdown? Maybe, but I just don't think that's going to be the case. The way that you can play against the Cowboys, if it's going to be high scoring, it's gonna be in the passing game. So I, I think that with Matthew Stafford dropping back at a high volume, he's been throwing the ball around the yard the whole season. I just don't see this suddenly becoming Daryl Henderson. It was great to see Daryl Henderson come back and have a good game, but I don't know how much I want to rely on that moving forward, especially in a tough matchup. I can
0: see 18 to 20 touches for Henderson plus a goal line roll. And like that to me, just like is a low end RB2, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. I hear. I, I, sense, I, 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 I see him. some running backs who are not who are part of committees, you know, one, a like, you know, 12 to 15 touch type of guys who aren't necessarily efficient. You know, I, I don't want to play those guys over Dal Henderson this week. If that makes sense. Um, yep, that's fine. let's see. I got Aaron Jones. See, Aaron Jones is tricky, man. He, he's yeah, not getting he's full real, practices, though. you know, he, hopefully he gets a full on, on Friday today, but until he does, like, it's really hard to trust him in my lineup. You know, last week, you know, it was mostly AJ Dillon. Right. And, I'm waiting on that full practice, man, before I start him as a solid RB2. That aggravation of the hamstring that he had before week five, right before week five, before their bye, that killed it all. Right. And yep. um, it seems like we have to wait a little bit more for him to be, you know, fully good to go. Like I don't I don't think I can trust him. Like if he doesn't get a limited practice in, I'm sorry, if he doesn't get a full practice in today, I might be like strongly looking at other options to replace him.
1: Yeah. It's almost replacement time, and I think that's a good way to qualify it. He hasn't played over 50% of the snaps, I think, in a game this season. <laughs> he's missed a bunch of games, and when he does play, he's not getting a whole lot of touches. He's not getting a very big workload. At this point, Like you can't really trust him. Now, if he's going to play this weekend, I'm going to start him, but I, I'm just not that confident. I think that he can get it done, but at this point, your tempering expectations is the point. Are you expecting RB1-type numbers? coming from aaron jones anymore right now i, I don't oh, think
0: so anymore yeah like later on in the year once he's healthy so he's still a buy low for me so if i'm i'm right. if i have a good record i am definitely throwing offers at aaron jones and you do not have to spend a whole lot he's cheap right and he's yeah. i can totally see like me in week 14 13 starting him as like a a low N R B rb1 i can totally see it you know, yeah. um, but I just—it's just hard to imagine right now because of how banged up he's been. You know,
1: yeah, he's been um, too banged
0: up. Yeah, I have Amari Demarcato also way ahead of my colleagues at twenty-three. uh He was the workhorse for them last week. It, you know, he has a good matchup this week against Baltimore at home. I expect them to get fifteen to eighteen touches. You know, this week with a majority of that coming in the receiving game. Uh, what's your hesitation around Demarcato this week, Zach?
1: I'm just looking at the matchup. The game script, I don't think, is going to favor the run game at all. <laughs> if he gets I, his touch, I agree, maybe he gets some targets. I, I I don't think the game script is going to favor that at all. And we've seen Count Ingram. He had that one game where suddenly he was part of the backfield. I just think it's still a little bit fluid in the backfield. I don't trust the Cardinals' offense at this point. Maybe if Kyler Murray were playing, it would be a different story. But I just think that the Ravens, their defense has been playing very well. I, I'm looking at it as Murray De Mercado Yes, he's good in theory but when you really when it comes down to it you want to start him this week are you going to rank him over other guys like i don't know let's, let's just look at the rankings here would you start amari Demarcado over gus edwards in the same game like i yes. i would start gus edwards i think it, it, not in ppr not
0: for me in ppr it's Demarcado all the way okay i i see that you don't, sell you don't think not Gu- sell you don't gus think, edwards sell gus edwards yeah. please you don't yeah. think he's going to
1: have another 80 yard reception for us <laughs> I, I don't i don't you know
0: and i think <laughs> justice hill is going to be involved as well you know it just i think i like edwards this week. like he's he's like a solid flex play upside flex play because of the matchup like i'm playing Demarcado, man like i don't think there's any like i don't think there's a fluid situation at all in terms of like who is their running back this week right keonta ingram was completely healthy last week and he played special teams he didn't even get one snap with the offense right Demarcado, like this is what should have happened a couple weeks ago and Demarcado like last week 79% of snaps okay 64% participation he was a he's a wide receiver this this is a receiving running back okay <laughs> so like right. this is like the perfect time of game script that you want um you know when it comes to Demarcado because he's going to be on the field running a ton of routes and getting targets um you know in those games where he was you know playing and, and running routes and stuff like that like you know 64% participation in two of those weeks, even last week when he saw 45% of snaps, I'm sorry, the week before, 57% route participation, 20% targets per route run. Last week, like, I don't know. It, it's if, And if, if you look at the matchup, the matchup is like low-key okay. Like the Ravens, you know, like in terms of, you know, they're giving up more than five yards per reception, um, which is top 12 or bottom 12, you could say, if you're talk, talking about how bad a defense right. is. uh, And in terms of running the ball, they're top 10 in the most yards per carry given up to running backs. Um, so at home in Arizona, I just, I don't know. I, I I like him, man. Like when when a running back is given this much opportunity, I think he makes a very, very good spot start um, in, in what looks like a bad matchup on paper potentially because it's the Ravens. And you look at how the Lions did last week and all that, but look at what Jameer Gibbs did last week. And I'm not comparing the two talents, but at the end of the right, day, it's right. like running backs can succeed against them. I'm not overthinking it with Demarcado mercado personally you know i think i think throw him in your lineup and i think you should be fine um yep. and someone i'm lower on than i think everyone else this week was alexander madison i moved them all the way down to 31 you guys have have him around a low-end rb2 this week uh even with the tough matchup um he has a good matchup this week against green bay right but yeah. after what we saw on monday night with km Akers, more involved than ever not something that you know, I want to see. You know, despite Madison seemingly playing well before he pretty much got pulled for Acres, it was weird. Um, maybe it was it because was. of the short week, um, and like they, they want the running backs, to like the touches to be distributed a little bit, so like he doesn't have as much of a too much on his workload, I guess. Um, but like, I don't know. You ha- you like him as a low end RB two this week?
1: Yeah, and that's what I've liked him as pretty much this whole season. Obviously, the efficiency hasn't been there, but I'm still seeing the workload. It wasn't like. Alexander Madison got this low workload and suddenly Cam Akers got this huge workload and they was being out-touched, out-snapped, that kind of thing. They're was like, no, Alexander Madison, it's just the run game wasn't there last week against the 49ers, which I thought they would have to rely on a little bit more. But it was Kirk Cousins throwing the ball last week. So I'm not worried about that performance. I don't want to just buy into that because before that, he's been a solid low-end RB two the rest of the season. And in a good matchup, I think you look against the Packers, it's going to be a pretty close game. The Packers haven't been as good. The, the Vikings are on like an upswing right now. The offense has looked better. I think that you look at what you have with Alexander Madison, they don't have that big target earner in, in the passing game and Justin Jefferson still yet. That's forcing their lean on the run game a little bit more. It's actually added a little bit of security to alexander madison so i'm okay with alexander madison here i'm not picking him here as some ceiling play but i think that he has a really nice floor for you and that this is where it's going to settle right here in the low end rb2 range and that's where i project him to finish continue to finish the rest of the season in a good matchup he also has a little bit of upside so i think this might even be a little bit conservative just as long as we don't see cam Akers suddenly double down on that workload they got last week and i don't want to bet on cam Akers doing that until we see that for an extended period of time. My, my
0: concern was last week in week six, Alexander Madison, 78% of snaps, 82% of the rushing attempts in week seven, 55% of snaps, 38% of the rushing attempts. And he was healthy. That's super concerning, right? So that's why I'm going to have, him, you know, a lot, you know, I'm gonna have him down there, man, the rankings, because on top of that, even when he was the guy, he wasn't doing anything for you. You know, he was giving you low-end RB2 numbers. He had the floor, but he yep. wasn't giving you any sort of ceiling. So now, if he's going to have a reduced workload, I'm a, I'm a little bit worried here. So I, I do have him ranked low, even though this is a good matchup. Um, but, you know, it's tough, man. If you're going to be inefficient, right, if you're not going to really, really come through, he's had good matchups already this year, mm-hmm. and he hasn't really come through big time. And now if there's a potential for K makers to take some work out of here like he did on Monday night, uh I'm just a little bit concerned for Madison moving forward. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. For, for for me, Madison, like you, you talk about him not coming through big time. We kind of kind of left that in 2022 and before. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't been he we wanted him to be that big time player this year. They said that he would be the full time running back, you know, the lead running back. He's been a floor play this whole season. I, I don't see a problem with ranking a floor play running back. As a low end RB two for his floor, I, I think I think because that's fine. There, I'll tell
0: you why. I'll tell you why. Because his role, his role
1: might have changed. It might have changed. Like I said, have you seen enough from Cam Akers to say that he's definitely going to be continuing to do that moving forward? No, but I've seen. I saw the game on Monday night,
0: and the fact that Akers was more involved than he ever was. And if Madison's listen, man, if Madison's rushing share goes below forty percent, I'm gonna have a really really hard time starting him the week after. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, that—that yeah. that is like the point where I'm just like, um, can I start him this week? Like, I don't know. You know, it gets yeah. a little bit... I, heard. I get a little worried there. Um, I just think that the backfield is a little shaky right now. To be, It was already shaky to begin with, even with Madison getting all the work. Uh, and right. now I'm just like, um, that was weird on Monday night, what happened there, because he wasn't hurt or anything. He just ended up not getting as much work as he normally does. We'll see. We'll see if it bounces back. The thing that, you know, the reason why this... Is like a very, very good running back and an efficient running back getting work taken away, then I wouldn't really be concerned. But if there's an inefficient running back getting work taken away, then I get concerned. So that's 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 kind of my, my angle here. I hear if you. that makes yep. sense. Um, all right, let's see, let's move on. Um, I have Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson down as low end RB3s this week. I lean Roshan a little bit in his favor. If I'm playing either of them, I'm expecting a timeshare now that Foreman got his opportunity to show what he got. Who would you rather play between those two guys if you had to pick one?
1: Between Foreman and Johnson? Uh, I'm definitely going to go with Deontay Foreman. Just because Rashawn Johnson, he he has... The, he had some receiving work you know, early in the season, but since then he's been injured, he hasn't had a huge role. I think that they're going to ride the hot hand right now. That's the way that you're going to have to treat this backfield. Deontay Foreman is hot after last week. I think that he's going to get the majority of the rushing share again this week. But I don't think that we can rule out Rashawn Johnson working his way in as the season goes on. But just coming off the injury, he spent two weeks out with a concussion. I'm not sure how quickly they're just going to throw him back in there, especially when they had Deontay Johnson playing. As, not Deontay Johnson, sorry. Deontay Foreman playing as well as he did last week.
0: Yeah, and that's part of the reason why I don't expect Roshan to completely take over because Deontay Foreman, you know, did play well last week and, you know, he did his thing. My, my, you know, if I had to guess, like the reason why I say Roshan is because, you know, when he was set to be the guy, when Khalil Herbert went down, that's what all the beat reports were saying. And then with the concussion, all of that, you know, went to shit, right? Yeah. So now with Deontay Foreman getting to work, it's tough for me to say that you know one of the other would get all the work. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. So yeah, you think we'll the door's been slammed
1: shut like, on someone just taking a clear lead?
0: For now, for now, I think Roshan still has some time here. Um, but also, like at this point, Khalil Herbert's going to come back. He was the one right. who had the clear lead in the backfield before he got hurt. Right, the Khalil lead. Um, <laughs> the Khalil lead. Yes. A couple of other timeshares that I'm interested in seeing this week, both in the Texans and Panthers game, Shuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders, as well as Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary, you know, these splits this week is going to tell us a lot about these backfields moving forward. Uh Singletary, you know, very interesting start this week. Um, I do have Pierce well above him, but Singletary is a solid flex play, I think. One game sample, obviously. Uh, but because of the great matchup, I'm willing to to take a little bit of a risk there.
1: Yeah. It's funny. It looks like Pierce is the one we all generally are in consensus on. We both, we, not both. We, all of us, all three of us, you mean Tyler having been 25. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. So yeah, he's definitely low on RB two. I, I just definitely want to temper expectations with him coming into this one because you mentioned that Devin Singletary and then also Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders. I wouldn't be surprised. If Chuba Hubbard has more work. I know Miles Sanders is coming back, but Frank Reich, he answered the question about whether it just be uh Miles Sanders backfield when he comes back and he didn't really commit to him. You know, he said, the We're just going to kind of – and we're not going to commit to that. So I I think that you look at Chuba Hubbard, what he's done, he's been more efficient. I think that he could have still a a pretty good grip on – if you were to pick a running back to have more touches in this one, I think it could be Chuba Hubbard. Possible. Uh,
0: Check out our rankings at upperhandfantasy.com. Subscribe to our free newsletter as well. Those, those come into your email inbox daily for free. Uh, tons of news, analysis, memes, all of that good stuff. All right, let's move to wire receivers. Um, I have Tyreek at one, AJ Brown at two. But Zach, you have AJ Brown at two. I love it. It makes a lot of sense. What you got? Yeah.
1: I actually have him. I think I have him as my one, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. If I go, if do. I go yeah. Right, I have him as my wide receiver one this week, Edge of Brown. Oh,
0: you do have him. So, oh, I said you have met two. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. wide receiver one. Yeah, this is not something that we have to really think twice about. I have him as my fantasy wide receiver one. It's a fantastic matchup against the Commanders. There's not really a case against him being the wide receiver one, besides the fact that Tyreek Hill has the capability to go nuclear at any time. But the thing no. is, so can AJ Brown. You know, he's been on an entirely new level this season compared to last year, and he's challenging Tyreek Hill as the best fantasy wide receiver over the past five weeks. In that time span, he's averaging a higher target share than Tyreek, Tyreek Hill, 34% to 33%. Higher average depth of target by a long shot, 13.5 versus 10.47. Higher area yards share, 50% to 47%. Ridiculous, 50% area yard share in the Eagles offense. 30% of the Eagles end zone targets to Tyreek's 20% and more Fantasy points per game at 26 points per game versus Tyreek Hill's 25.4. And you've probably heard this stat flying around all week, but it matters. Brown has 125 or more receiving yards in five straight games, and now he's getting the commanders who are allowing the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers overall, fifth most points to perimeter pass catchers. Those stats courtesy of ESPN and also Fantasy Life. He's managed to make Devontae Smith a legit afterthought in this offense. And that's not something I thought was possible because we know the type of wide receiver Devontae Smith is. As problematic as that's been for Smith's managers, I think we got to get used to this level of domination we're seeing from A.J. Brown. He has turned it to a completely new level this season. I don't think there's any argument to be made that you can't put A.J. Brown at one in this matchup. Yeah, man. Um, I totally agree. I, I
0: I think you're right. He should be the wide receiver one because the Patriots do give number one wide receivers trouble.
1: Right, and yeah. that that could be the we case. We saw this that week. happen in the last game yeah. that the yeah, Dolphins had sure. against the Patriots. So yeah,
0: mm-hmm. they they stifled Stephon Diggs last week too. Um, But this, I uh, do. This has to be the week for Devontae Smith, man. Like, not saying he was going to take away from <laughs> Adrian Brown, but like, if he can't come through this week, like, what is it going to happen? You know what I'm saying? Right. So
1: we're on uh, like life cool. support here for his like potential. Like, do you think I he's going to fall into like a low wide receiver two range? I mean, that's what he's been doing. Even worse in some some cases. Do you think he could fall into that range potentially? I have him. That's where I have him this week, if I'm not mistaken. I have
0: I have Devonte Smith at twenty six this week. Oh, so that's what so he's a high end wide receiver, receiver three. three. Yep. Yeah. I have. Him okay. Off. Do you think that do you This is
1: going to continue. Game? Like, uh, I, I'm sorry, ha- this is just a question. Like, do you think? Oh, you have this him at, situation have him at thirteen. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you think? He's yeah, it's, it's a good matchup. Do you think in this situation? And you just mentioned that it's supposed to be Devontae Smith's week. Do you think in this situation, do you think we're going to continue to see it, like I just outlined it, where A.J. Brown's just a dominating wide receiver right now, like 2023, his year? Or do you think Devontae Smith can come back from this? No,
0: I don't. I I, Do I think Devontae Smith can come back? Yes, I do. But I don't think this is going to be, you know, A.J. Brown is absolutely dominating. The target shares were way closer last year between these two guys. This year, 28% to 18%. I'm sorry, yeah, to 22% okay? No, I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong numbers. 32% <laughs> to 22%. Absolutely completely yeah. different, right? Like this was like 27 and 26 last year. Now AJ Brown has con- look, taken the clear lead here as a alpha 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 wide receiver one this year. Right. Okay. It just it is what it is. It's just what happened. Yep. But I do think that DeVonta Smith is going to have his games. You know, if you want a shot at like a legit wide receiver 2 every week, maybe you go buy him now. Um, but he has been selling a lot lately. But this is the matchup to get right. Let's see if he can do it. Um, yep. I have Cooper Cup at number three. Uh, even against Dallas, I'm firing him up without hesitation. Uh, you you kind of know who you're starting. If, if you're yep. wondering where I have Jamar Chase, he's at seven this week. Definitely has room to grow once we see that Joe Burrow is good to go. I do like the matchup. Uh, you know, As long as Joe Burrow can stay upright in this game, the 49ers are giving up the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. I have Puka at number eight. Uh, Zach has him at eleven. It seems like Zach is lower on all players going up against Dallas at home this week. Uh, <laughs> I think Zach is hoping for a statement game from Dallas uh, this week, who, by the way, is his team. So take anything he says about the Rams and Dallas with a grain of salt. Moving on, uh, I, I <laughs> think
1: yeah, I, I think eleven is fine. You know, we've seen this happen. Where we saw it two weeks in a row now. So the first week that. Cooper Cup was back, he got the targets. And then the next week it was Puka Nakua. So it can go either way. But I think that 11 is still fine for Puka Nakua. That's still a wide receiver one. And like I mentioned, the way that I expect this game to go is it's going to be pass heavy for the Rams. And that's why I have Daryl Henderson ranked so low. You have two Rams wide receivers that could be wide receiver ones in this matchup. I think that's going to be the case. You said yourself too. You think it's going to be high scoring. I think that's going to be happening through the receivers, Pukinokua and Cooper Cup, a lot more than it is Daryl Henderson. Like, if it's going to be high scoring, you have to move in the ball fast. You don't move the ball sure. fast with Daryl Henderson. So, yeah, sure. I don't think Pukinokua, I don't think it's too much of a snub to put him at 11. <laughs> you know, the difference between 11 and 8 it, it, it's there, but I don't th- I think <laughs> if I had him outside the top 12, that would be something to say. So, yeah, no, you might be able to say, yeah, it's the Cowboys fan in him, but I'm just looking at this game <laughs> from the game that I'm expecting. That's where that comes from. <laughs> you know
0: yeah, I'm I, I'm, I, it's really not much of a difference. You're starting him regardless. Uh, right, right, I have right. Adam Thielen in my top 10. You know, fire him up. Chris Olave is at 11 for me. I'm not I'm not quitting Chris Olave, guys, okay? I, I know he's been disappointing. I know it's been yep. frustrating, you know, watching Camara get peppered with targets. I know he just told a cop that he plays for the Saints, and the cop didn't care and still arrested him. But Olave had 15 <laughs> targets on Thursday night, Okay. His schedule the next three games, Indy, Chicago, Minnesota. Start him,
1: buy him, do what you got to do. Okay, yeah, just remember the receiver that he was last year. And we thought it would be way better this year because Derek Carr would be peppering him with targets, but it's been Alvin Kamara, like you mentioned. I think Alvin Kamara is still going to get those targets, but the fact that he's still getting 15 targets, you know, like you mentioned in the last game, he's still not catching the ball at a very highly efficient rate at all. Just seven catches on those 15 targets that's going to turn around. And like you mentioned, the games coming up are fantastic. So I don't think that there's any reason to be off him. I have him down in the rankings a little bit because, like I said, I do think that the Alvin Kamara domination is still going to continue for a couple of weeks. If Jamal Williams works in, then maybe that will change. But I think for right now, Chris Olave, he's still, you know, a top 15 16 type player. And that's where I have him ranked.
0: Right. He had 10 targets and 15 targets the last two weeks, even with Kamara you know, getting all the targets that he's got. You know, listen. We don't have to look to last year for Chris Olave. Look at the f- first three games of this year. Eight for 112, 6 for 86, 8 for 104, two weeks ago against yep. Houston, seven for 96. Like, we don't have to look to last year. Look to this year. Those touchdowns yep. are coming. Those targets are there. Like yep. there's just like, talk about just like this. <laughs>
1: there's
0: just this aura around Chris Olave. Where it's just like, yeah, well, you know, he's not that good. Or like, oh, he's just like a low-end wide receiver, too. Oh, should I start Chris Olave? Like, guys, come on. Stop. All right? right. I have Nico Collins at 15. Another one I'm higher than consensus on. Carolina's perimeter defense is not good. I'm looking at Nico to have a big game this week. Um, the Miami wide receivers got it done last week. Okay, whatever. That They're a different case. Uh, but Josh Reynolds got it done the week, week before on the perimeter. Justin Jefferson, obviously. DK Metcalf had his best game against them. Chris Olave was good. Uh, I mean, you know, this perimeter defense has been allowing some production, okay? Uh, Zach, you have him all the way down at 24. He's had two top five finishes in his six games. I personally
1: think that upside warrants him to be a little higher. It could be. I think I might move him up a little bit, but I don't want to take away from what Tank Dell coming back might do. You know, we've seen Tank Dell get some target share. We know that CJ Stroud likes to target him. He's been out of the lineup for a little bit. I think Nico Collins, he does have the upside, but I don't know how much I like it just because – It's also a good matchup for the Texans running backs, I think, this week against the Panthers. So I'm looking at the game script. It could be a little bit better. I don't know how much the Panthers are going to challenge. Their offense has been a little rough besides Adam Thielen. I think that this could be a game where ultimately the Texans go up. They've been like they're a good team. Sometimes I wonder how they're like so close against other teams, but they beat the Jaguars handily. Earlier in the season. So, this is a team that's capable of putting a team away like that. The Panthers are a team that's capable of having that done to them. I, I think that this is going to be a pretty much an easy win for the Texans. And if they go up early, there's a chance. Texans defense is good too. If they're just running short fields, that kind of thing, the amount of production that you might see from Nico Collins could be limited. With Tank Dell coming back, I, I think that there is definitely a floor here. I, I do think I agree with you. I feel like 24 might be a little bit low. I might bump him up after this, but I think that we. Don't necessarily need to call him a must start right now, but you're, if you have him as your wide receiver too, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and
0: and, and let's not forget about Dell. Like obviously he might hurt Nico, but like let's not forget about him as a fantasy starter. Okay, I think he's an upside flex play. Yeah, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if I had him in my top thirty next week. Right, he demanded those high target share games in a couple of games early on. Right, and then he got concussed. So keep that in mind. Okay, he, he's definitely in play this week in a good matchup okay so don't just like assume that you have to keep him on your bench this week okay just don't forget about what he did a few weeks ago right Uh, I have Brandon Ayuk at 16 this week Zach you have him at 10 um despite Sam Darnold coming in despite the Bengals being a tough matchup what do you like about Ayuk as a top 10 wide receiver this week
1: so this goes back a lot to the conversation about Kyle Shanahan and the offense (laughs) I think that you can make pretty much any quarterback work I think Brock Purdy was good but Sam Darnold I think that he's going to be all right this week. He's got a pretty difficult matchup. Obviously, Brent Nyuk against the. Let me see the Bengals. Yeah, they're not allowing a whole lot of points to receivers. But I will say that Brent Nayuk is clearly the number one target here, and I expect a backup quarterback like Sam Darnold to come in and lean on that receiver. Like, if I'm worried about someone suffering from a backup quarterback coming in, who I don't think the gap is as big as people think it is between Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. I obviously don't want to take him away from Brock Purdy. shots fired yeah shots fired i don't think the gap is that far where we have to start worrying about an elite target earner like brandon iuk versus a guy like george kittle i think that could definitely be in the card you see that his target share could come down i think a little bit the offense hasn't been looking like itself the past couple weeks but brandon iuk he's going to get the targets i think he's going to have a solid floor for you this week and and it A game that I think the Bengals are going to win. I think the 49ers can stay competitive. I think that Brent Nayuk is going to be peppered. And if he gets 10, 11 targets, which I think is definitely in the cards, he should catch seven or eight of them, have a solid yardage output. So I'm not worried about him at all this week. I think that you can take advantage of people thinking that he's going to have a rough game. I think that he's going to be better than a lot of people will say he's going to be just because Sam Darnold's playing. I don't want to overreact to that change at quarterback.
0: I'm more worried about the matchup than Sam Darnold because I I trust Kyle Shanahan and his ability to make, you know, other quarterbacks look good. Sam Darnold, like he wasn't that bad in Carolina. Okay. Um, He was bad on the Jets. It's easy looking back and
1: like giving him that glowing review. But like at the time we were sitting there like, man, Sam Darnold sucks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's why Baker That's so Mayfield was playing. Like, it was just a mess. It's so true. Uh
0: Zach, you have Zay Flowers at 15. I have him a little bit lower. I am moving him up though. I did look into it a little bit more. He has a great matchup against Arizona this week. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last two weeks. He's a solid high floor wide receiver. Uh he hasn't shown his upside lately in, in very, very good matchups. Uh, but luckily he has another good matchup this week. He has another shot at presenting that upside. Uh maybe he can finally show that this week.
1: Yeah, I'm counting on it. I mean, look at the usage that he's been getting. He's averaging over nine targets a game over the past four or five games. Yeah, and he has also just a fantastic 28% prop, uh, snapshot, not snapshot, target share across all of his games this season. Like, I'm all in on Zay Flowers. I've been a big fan of his. He's been doing everything that he's supposed to do right, and you have this receiver that hasn't had that big game yet. I think that Zay Flowers can come through for you this week in a good matchup, like you mentioned, against Arizona. Like, he's pretty much he's battling the Cardinals former wide receiver not, not the Cardinals he's battling the Ravens former wide receiver one to Marquise Brown and this is gonna be like the game where he says like I'm the new and improved Ravens wide receiver <laughs> one look at what I did like then that it's funny because I think they're both drafted with the same pick they're both like the these undersized wide receivers I, I did this comparison earlier in the season I was like the parallels between these two are hilarious so I I, I think there's just a little bit of added motivation there, maybe two for Zay Flowers. But I think you look at the usage that he's been getting, you're waiting for that big game. It has to happen at some point. And I think that this could be the game. Six Only six
0: targets last week, eight targets the week before. He had a, the 11-target game in Pittsburgh, um, and then he had four, a four-target game, game against Cleveland in a tough matchup. So, you know, in the good matchups, he's getting his targets. So I'm hoping that he could potentially get that target share. Oh, well, he gets a target share, but you know, their overall targets in this game, you know. Hopefully it's not just a you know a run first game where they just take complete control of Arizona. Um right. I have T Higgins at 17, Zach. You have him down at 28. I think I think Higgins is healthy now. Uh, you know, this is a great matchup. I'm firing him up as a wide receiver too. what's your hesitancy behind T Higgins this week?
1: So I I hope that uh, Higgins is healthy you know you have to imagine that he probably is coming off the bye. and is there a chance that they work the offense a little bit more in his favor since they have been using him a whole lot the past couple of weeks yeah there's a chance but jamar chase is dominating right now and you also look at the, the numbers just for t higgins these past couple of weeks and you mentioned earlier when we talked about quarterbacks we're not sure which version of joe burrow is going to show up i think it's going to be the good version but you still have to c- account for that but over the past three weeks t higgins is just a 15 target share and he has only 58% catchable targets out of those targets that he's getting. So the target quality and the quantity of targets hasn't been there in the past couple of weeks. Is that going to jump up suddenly to this massive, massive number that's going to put him in the range of where you haven't ranked? I'm not going to say that you haven't ranked too high. I think the upside is there, but I think there's also a relatively low floor here. He only has one like good week this season in fantasy football so far, and that's been one of my problems with T. Higgins coming into the season and before that. He's maxed out pretty much in his ceiling as a low wide receiver, not low wide receiver, as a high wide receiver, too. So I'm expecting that mid to low wide receiver two production. And I think in an offense that we're still not 100 percent sure about that he hasn't earned a lot of targets in the past couple of weeks. I don't want to just bet on that, that he's going to come back and have this massive target share that's going to boost him back up to some. Wide receiver two, high wide receiver two type number. I think he's gonna settle probably somewhere in that low wide receiver two range this week, especially if Jamar Chase keeps dominating the way that he's been. I mean, I don't think we can look at the past couple of games for T Higgins. The past couple of games for T Higgins,
0: he was hurt, right? He had the rib injury, right? So, like the yeah. last game, he he was he hardly even played. He was just a decoy, right? So that game you got to throw it out, right? The game before that, he didn't play, and then throughout the first half of the season, Otherwise, we didn't get this – This the Bengals were the – they scored the – by the way, coming into even this week, the Bengals have scored so the lowest bad. number of points in the NFL, okay? So we can't really look at that as like this is where the Bengals are going to be the rest of the way. You know what I'm saying? So like if this right. – if Joe is healthy moving forward, and I'm assuming that he is going into this this week, I have to have T. Higgins' high. Uh, T. Higgins is back at practice. Uh, it looks like he's full. I, I want to check on that practice report uh, for the Bengals, and, and I'm pretty sure he got a full practice in, but I want to make sure um, before, you know, for the people. want to make sure for, that, the people. Uh, for the people. I want to make sure that what the status report on him is this week. Um, yeah, he got a full practice in. Okay, so he's good to go. If you're wondering whether T. Higgins is healthy or not, he's healthy, full practice. Okay, so I'm not really worried about him at this point. Now, if he's healthy and Joe Burrow's healthy and this Bengals offense is going to be back, he's he's a, he's a wide receiver too for me, right? Yeah, I'm I, what he what he is in this offense, you know, if that makes yeah.
1: sense. I, I hear you, and you're right. Maybe in the bye week they mix things up. They're like, all right, they audit their offense. Like we need to get the ball to T. Higgins more. You know, now that he's healthy. just well, I, I, I don't think that. they were. I don't think they were not getting the ball to T
0: Higgins. Yeah, like no, they, they they were trying to get the ball to T. Higgins. Like if you looked at the first few games of the season, twenty four percent target share week one, you know thirty percent target share in week two, and then he had the eighteen percent target share in week three in a shitty game from Joe Burrow, fifty percent catchable targets, right? Fourteen percent catchable targets in week one. This is not Joe Burrow, right? This is not him, right? And then he ended up playing yeah. only fifty percent of snaps T. Higgins did in week four when he got hurt. Didn't play in week five decoying week six with the 50 56 uh route participation you know not you know you can't really take too much out of that it's more like we're trying to project forward here right so we're we have to look at the sample where he was actually on the field and that's what i'm looking at so i think he's you know not saying that he's going to definitely bounce back this week but i just want to give an idea of like how we should be treating him you know moving forward yeah
1: no, I hear.
0: um uh, another big difference uh here is I have Rashi Rice all the way up at 25. You have him down at 40. Uh I, I you know, Rice for me at this point is there was a big shift from week uh six. No, I'm sorry, week five to weeks, week week we week eight right now? We are. We from yeah, week six week to eight. week seven. Yeah. Um Rice only ran a handful of routes less than Travis Kelsey last week. You know, he's getting it done. Five finishes inside the top 36. Um and and this role. This role upgrade last week, he finished as a wide receiver 14. So he's looking like the clear wide receiver one for Patrick Mahomes right now behind Travis Kelsey uh, in a good matchup. So I'm happy rolling him out this week. Definitely a lot more confident in him than prior weeks now that his wrap participation is up at 65%. And usually like 65% rap participation for most teams is like not enough for me to be like, all right, I'm starting a wide receiver. But on the Chiefs, is just, it's just different.
1: Yeah. No, I hear you. That makes sense. But I I just think it's a little high. You know, the target share looks good. The snap share looks good. But you have to remember that he's only getting... What, is he averaging five targets a game? Like, I don't want to just go out on a limb and say a guy that had a lot of quiet games before this one, you know, is going to come out, get five targets a game, which is what he's been getting pretty much, and say that he's going to have wide receiver two type finish. Like, I'm not... I think 25 just feels a little high. I think 40 is... Right on par. I think having him as a low wide receiver three wouldn't be a mistake. I think I could bump him up a little bit, given what we saw from him in terms of the snap share, what he's been getting, the route participation. It's gone up. But I just don't know how comfortable I am yet starting Rashi Rice, considering the number of other targets in the Chiefs offense. Travis Kelsey is just on a tear right now. And then also, the Chiefs are using Isaiah Pacheco at a relatively high rate, too. Not just in the running game, but in the passing game. So I don't want to just bet on somebody that has a low – you mentioned a target share in the Chiefs offense, it's a little bit different because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. It, Rashi Rice is gonna have a chance to score every single week. But do I think that the volume he's getting is indicative of wide receiver two? Like I, I don't think we're at that point just yet. I have my re- reservations with that fact. If he continues to do this, maybe in a week or two, we'll see him move up. But I don't know how consistent this is going to be. It tends to flip from one running not running back, wide receiver to another any given week. But I will give you the fact that he has established himself more than any other Chiefs wide receiver. I'm, I just don't think that any Chiefs wide receiver yet is prepared to be ranked inside top 25 in that wide receiver two range.
0: There is no other wide receiver it gets bounced to in this offense. There hasn't been one wide receiver besides Rashi Rice who's been getting it done or who has got it done, period, at all. It's been Rashi Rice every single week, right? He's had double-digit points in – four, five out of seven weeks at this point in PPR. Last week, he had his best week. It just so happened to be also Travis Kelsey's best week too. So he he's he's doing his thing. Um, and you mentioned five targets per game. Like, sure, but his role changed this past week. So I don't think we can expect that to continue, right? So that's why I moved him up because I do expect more opportunity for him. Before, I was hesitant to put him anywhere in my top 36 be, You know, before this week. And that was because the routes route participation wasn't there, right? So I was worried about that. But now, you know, things have changed a little bit. You know, the route participation went all the way up from he was at 51%, 47%, 23%, 50% to 65%. And then on a per route run, basis, he's still getting that 28% targets per route run. So it's one of those things where it's like if you're producing already on a, you know, relatively low – participation and now it's going to move up i'm going to move you up right that's kind of how i'm looking at it for rashi rice because he's just producing straight up you know yep. um all right let's let's move on to calvin really a lot of questions around him you know we have him. we all have him around 30 you know it's a he's a mid wire receiver three for us this week it's a good matchup against pittsburgh i'm fine rolling him out there the lack of targets is a concern i do think last week was a tough matchup I'd expect a better game from him this week. The Steelers are giving up the fifth, the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers and the seventh most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers as well. Uh, speaking of the Steelers, I think I want both Deontay Johnson and George Pickens in my lineup this week. You know, Deontay, hopefully he's back in practice today. I haven't taken a look at that. I, I think we right. should take a look at that at some point. We'll see. Um, yeah, I but he, see. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if he did, but he didn't practice on Thursday. I know that. He did get a full practice in on Wednesday. I think today was a, yesterday was a rest day on Thursday, but we'll see. The Jaguars are giving up the second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks and the third most over the course of the season. So I think this is a matchup to take advantage of for both of these guys.
1: All right, and here it is. There is an update. I mean, this is just a guy. There's footage here of Deontay Johnson. This is, doesn't look limited at all. Yesterday was likely a rest day. So okay, good. Perfect. Yeah, there we go. Deontay Johnson, can't we wait to have him back in the lineup. You know, I, I I'm still not on the George Pickens train where I think that he's going to be some he's going to be consistently earning targets with Deontay Johnson there. I do think that he's going to get some targets, but I think Deontay Johnson is going to return to being that top wide receiver in the Steelers' passing attack. Both of them definitely, like you mentioned, in a good matchup against Jacksonville, you want to put them in your lineup because Kenny Pickett looked pretty good last week too. That was in a tough matchup against the Rams, and both I mean, for given the matchup too last week against the Rams, it was tough for the Steelers. They both got it done. Pickens and Deontay Johnson. So I'm cool with both of them in the lineup. I think having them this week, Deontay Johnson should be back even healthier than he was last week. So I'm expecting even more from him this week.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and, you know, it's funny, man, like, you know, I'm going to, you know, and I've been talking about selling George Pickens and all that, and I haven't been the, the biggest supporter of George Pickens, but I will say to kind of counteract myself and like to argue with myself and to debate against myself. If you look at the target shares that George Pickens has put up this year, Since week two, 33%, 24%, 26%, 32%, and then 35% with Deontay Johnson back last week. I think it's hard enough in this league to demand targets and to demand targets regardless of who's on the field. So I think George Pickens needs some credit where credit's due. And I think I should give him more credit where credit's due. So we'll see if that continues. Obviously Deonta Johnson's back now. We'll get a more of a sample size now this week. Um I can totally see situations where Deontay Johnson ends up you know doing his thing and you know uh, I mean continues to lead them in target share. But you know, I'm not closing the door on George Pickens anymore. Um I think I think it's 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 enough at this point from me. The bashing has been enough. I think Pickens has earned my respect right now. Um uh, but if I had to guess like who's going to have a higher target share this week, I would guess Deontay Johnson. Okay. Yeah, because I think he's okay. just—he's just a better wide receiver uh, overall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's hilarious. We're—we're we're done with the bashing, but downtown Johnson—he's he's just a better wide receiver overall. Yeah.
0: yeah no, I—I I, I think he's definitely a move. better wide receiver. I—I I don't think there's 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 that—that's a debate for me personally. But listen, for, as far as a target earner goes, like I uh, can't really deny that. You know, George Pickens has been a target
1: earner this year. You know, yep. so and he's been making some flashy catches, so like good on he's him. Been his maybe, thing. He's been doing maybe he's been doing Maybe the thing. passes don't have to be catchable, you know. There might be some catches on uncatchable targets in there, yeah. you know, they might qualify as uncatchable. And George Pickens is turning them into catchable targets. So that's it's worth mentioning. I, I don't think George Pickens is a scrub, obviously, but I, I, I'm just right. a big Deontay Johnson guy. I wasn't two years ago. This year, yeah. I am.
0: A lot of questions around Josh Downs. I have him at 36, so low end wide receiver three, but he has upside. Okay, we'll, we'll, I'll want to try and have him in lineup this week. You know, good matchup against the Saints out of the slot. We saw multiple wide receivers have success there. Not as good of a matchup for Michael Pittman, but he is the alpha on this offense. So I'm starting him over Downs if I'm choosing between the two. But this is a tough matchup on the outside. So I won't be surprised if Downs outscores Pittman
1: this
0: week. Um,
1: that, just a little yeah. note here, too. Like, I, I'm a fan of Josh Downs this week. Like you mentioned with the matchup in the slot, they're allowing some points. Actually, you know, New Orleans is seventh most over the past eight weeks in this season overall, scoring um, to slot wide receivers. But also, freaking, we didn't think that the Colts would have any type of value, any type of wouldn't be worth starting last week against the Browns. And I don't want to just pay into this legend of Gardner Minshew, but they were over, able to overcome a really tough matchup last week, the Colts. So, I'm not just going to say it's going to happen again, but we've seen them do this before. So don't just completely write them off at this point. Like you mentioned, Michael Pittman, this is as good as a matchup as you can ask for against a team that is pretty tough on defense. The fact that Josh Downs is going to have a decent matchup coming out of the slot, and then also Michael Pittman being a high target earner alpha with the way that the Colts have been throwing the ball, don't just completely write them off in this matchup. It it, it might feel easy to you just look at the matchup. It's like, oh, yeah, let's move them out. I think that there's more here than what meets the eye. All right, real quick, guys. I know this is a longer episode than usual,
0: but I want to move on to tight ends. Okay, again, our full rankings are on the website if you need help deciding between some wide receivers. Uh, a couple, t- you know, you know, real quick, couple of plus matchups: Jaden Reed against Minnesota. They're allowing the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers going into Week Eight. So all these all these Green Bay wide receivers actually have good matchups this week. Real quick, Zach, who would you rather start, Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs this week?
1: Uh, Christian Watson. Sorry, uh, okay. I'm just I'm just gonna pay. The, pay on the talent that's what i'm there you focusing go. on here Kendrick Bourne
0: he's been having a high target share lately i think he's a decent upside flex start this week um it, you know he's been getting it done Miami has given up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks and he's been getting the target share fire him up if you really need it um in terms of tight ends you know who you're starting every week Kelsey Andrews Hawkinson, LaPorta is Darren Waller part of that list now uh it looks like Tyler Taylor starting again So that's that. That's good news, I guess, for Darren Waller. So he's he has to be in your lineup right now, based on how he's been playing,
1: right? Yeah, you have to. And just that comes down pretty much exclusively to Tyrod Taylor. Obviously, Daniel Jones had that one week before he went out with the injury where he was hyper targeting um, uh, Darren Waller, but Tyrod Taylor has made it a point to target Darren Waller. And you also look at the matchup this week; it's pretty good against the Jets. I think it's one of the best. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're allowing the second uh, most passing points. Yeah, I think there you go. Two tight ends. So. Really good spot for Waller here. I'm definitely starting him. I actually have him in my flex over a couple other wide receivers that don't have so good matchups. So he's worth a start this week after two good weeks. George Kittle
0: looked good last week. Sam Darnold will be throwing him the ball, so I'm not overly worried. The Bengals are a good matchup for tight ends. You know, no depot. Uh, So Kittle should get his looks this week with the tough matchup on the perimeter. Uh, I do have Matt Six behind Waller this week. Uh, So does Zach, actually. Actually, our top nine tight ends are identical this week. Uh, look at that. Look at all the differences everywhere else, but we come together and united on tight ends. Uh, We both have Kyle Pitts at nine. Uh, Pitts is low key seventh in the NFL among tight ends in target share this year. I have Dalton Schultz at 10 decent matchup, but you know, again, you know, tank Dell coming back. Who knows what's going to happen there? Michael Mayer is at 14 for me against Detroit. Good matchup. Uh, Zach has him at 13. Uh, I might agree there. I'll move him up actually above um, Logan Thomas. The rap participation was there. Snaps were there last week for Michael Mayer before it turned into a blowout, and they started to bring backups in. So, you know, just a little bit of a sneaky guy who you can still potentially play this week. Trey McBride is at 15. We talked about him on Wednesday, moving him, you know, into... Significant opportunity with Zach Ertz on IR. Um, these guys that I just mentioned are all above Johnu Smith, Luke Musgrave, Cole Komet, David Njoku, Tyler Higbee, and Taysom Hill as well because it looks like Juwan Johnson is back this week. He hasn't received the full practice yet, though, so something to monitor there. If Johnson misses again, I think Hill might be moved to like 14 or 15, but I'd still play McBride and Mayer over him. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, you look at Taysom Hill, the way that he produces, the way that he achieves his upside is from unconventional ways that you can't really project. But you also you look at Michael Mayer and Trey McBride, who are both going to be stepping into larger roles or already have a larger role. You know, I think that there's a much safer floor there in terms of the workload that they're going to get. And Trey McBride, especially, you know, with the way Zachary was targeted over the past couple of weeks and he's going to be out now, those targets aren't just going to get displaced to Michael Wilson. Somebody like that, or you might think it might go to Amari Demarcado, but I think Trey McBride's is going to have a pretty good week this week, given the role that that that's there for him stepping into.
0: Yeah, it. and on a on a per route basis, even Trey McBride was also being targeted at a pretty high rate. Okay, so right. that could translate into some fantasy points for him. That's going to do it for this episode, everyone. Again, if you need the full rankings, they're up on our website. The Gimme the Rankings package will have that. Uh, the Homies package and the Diehards package will allow you to access me directly via text message along with some other great perks on our website. So make sure to check out all those details at UpperHandFantasy.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, I'll see you on Sunday, actually, on Instagram Live. All right. We'll will be live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. See you then. Take it easy. Bye-bye.